the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you are listening to Eye on Real Estate. We're the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate which is inescapably everything. <laughs> uh, my co-host, Jerry Feeney, would agree with me, wouldn't you, Jerry? I absolutely would, Dottie. I know you would. Otherwise, uh, you're I'd a dead man if you yeah. don't agree with <laughs> me. Um, Jerry is a prominent real estate attorney in New York, and if you've ever listened to our show, which I hope you have, you should know that Jerry's got an almost encyclopedic knowledge of real estate law. Um, We're so lucky to have him with us, and I'm so lucky to have him as a friend. And best of all, he's happy to answer any of your real estate questions and give you solid solid advice. And I was just talking before the show uh, to Ace and saying, you know, that there are attorneys that charge, like I've gotten bills for three minutes, like like for a question, so that I use a lot. So I don't know how, how many people realize the... Really, service that Jerry's doing because when he's giving you advice on the air, he's not charging you, and that's very rare to have an attorney that would do that. He really is not only a great attorney, but he gives back, and uh, that's what we're all about on top well, of being experts. Yeah. But it's not kind, it's true. I mean, uh, we've been doing this eight years, and every Saturday, you know, that's really giving back. I mean, really, I mean, you know, we're pretty all here all the time. And Jerry's time is very expensive. Yeah. So. It's all free. So it's free legal advice on Ion Real Estate. And we're also joined by our Cracker Jack mortgage and finance expert, Ace One and Two Park. Oh, that's great, um, It only took me like seven years. Good morning, um, lunch. Ace oh, is, the, <laughs> Ace really is the executive vice president of Citizens Bank, and he'll be happy to answer any questions you might have about getting a mortgage and refinancing or home equity loans. Um, and today we're going to talk a little about, actually there's an article in, I believe, the Wall Street Journal and the Mansion section, and it's called The Trouble with Being a Boss, and it's really not about being a boss, it's about how to get a mortgage when you're self-employed. <laughs> oh, so okay. we're going to, um, Ace is going to talk to you a little about that, because it's, it's kind of tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah very tricky. tricky. Yeah. Um, we, we really want to thank Citizens Bank for their support, and Citizens has a great Twitter account with a lot of valuable information that you should see. This week, Citizens Bank asked if you could give 
your younger self one piece of financial advice, your younger self one piece oh. of financial advice, what would it be? That's a great question. Isn't that? That's a great question. You know what? We should think about that answer. Next week, I'll answer it. Yeah, that, I'm that's answer, really... I'm, you know what? I'm going to take a stab at it right now. You I would have uh, worked to buy real estate sooner, I think. You know, I was 50 before I bought my first piece of real estate. People are shocked because I'm a real estate lawyer. But I would I would have tried to do it sooner. That would be my only financial advice. That yeah, I but you know what? You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't realize. You see, you know, you didn't really realize the pleasure that you'd get from owning it. No, I, I, I think that. I, I mean, didn't. you might have thought about the investment because I've always thought about the investment. I just I was yeah. always running a business. I never had time to really buy a lot of real estate, which people made money hand over fist. But I am a Taurus, and I love real. I, I love my home. I love homes, and I, I um, it was very important to me to have the security of having a home. It really that it, I own. It really is. A it's a very different feeling. feeling for me than renting. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I would always be a homeowner if I could choose to. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, By the way, Daddy, I have to interject. I heard that you've been watching uh, This Is Us also. Uh, my daughter point? told me to watch it like t- two or three years ago. Oh, I was, I'm well, so I was watching The Affair, I don't know, which I thought was sensational. Uh, yeah. And at first, I really didn't get it. You know, the first you couple have to start of shows. From the yeah, yeah, because it's a you, confusing. And it, yeah. yeah, but I love it. Yeah, I've watched. Uh, I'm up to date on it. It's yeah, just a great show. I was sitting there show. watching it last night, weeping. It was so emotional. It was such a nice show. It is a great show. Yeah. And they won. He won. They they won a lot of awards. Oh, for that it's show. wonderful. Thanks. You got to watch it. It's really good. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. So, um, again, thank you, Citizens Bank. But they, they, they asked that question. If you could give your younger self one piece of financial mm. advice, what would it be? And my advice to everyone would be to call a banker at Citizens Bank and start planning for your future, yeah. no matter yeah. how young you are. And that really is true because when you're young, you're not really thinking about down the road. You're like in the moment. Right. And, yes. um, and, and that goes for all of us. So if I had to give anyone my advice... I would have done financial, I mean, I'm a financial planner, a certified financial planner also, and I just never did it for myself. I was always mm-hmm. in the moment, running my business, living my life, and, you know, you never think that age is going to creep up on you, and it's not even about age, it's about just planning. If you plan, um, you make a lot more money. Yeah. And you so, think things are just going to come together on their own, and they don't always do that on their own. Yeah. You, gotta do, you have to plan for it. Citizens, Citizens is committed to helping its customers reach their goals by providing personalized solutions. To learn more, you can call them at 1-888-333-5145, or as a friendly banker, you can go to your nearest Citizen branch. Now, if you want to contact us, you can certainly email us uh, at radioshow at element.com, and we will answer your questions on the next show. Also, you can tweet me at Dottie Herman or visit me at Facebook at Dottie Herman and keep up with what's happening in real estate. This is President's Day weekend. Um, it's Washington's birthday, Lincoln's birthday. And tomorrow is the birthday of Susan B. Anthony, one of the United States' most prominent female civil rights leaders. Uh, again, she was ahead of her times. A suffragette. Yeah. But... The big Valentine's Day is coming up. I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah, so happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Yeah, I uh, got my Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. And <laughs> the U.S. Green Card Association estimates that approximately 1 billion Valentines are sent each year worldwide, making the day the second largest card-sending holiday of the year behind, behind Christmas. So after Christmas, Valentine's Day oh, is the next. I would have thought Mother's Day would have been up there. Well, I think there's more people that send Valentine's mm. Day, you know, than Do you still send Valentine's? 
Do I, 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 I'd send them to, you know, a couple of people. Like yeah. my, now, now, but I do remember in school when I was like seven, and we'd buy those little, my mother would buy me those little. Uh, the little ones, The yeah. little, you'd get a hundred <laughs> in a pack, and you yep. send them to kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the little, the little And then they had those little hearts. sugar, healthy yeah, for your teeth for you. and cavities, yeah, great. great for cavities, those little hearts. <laughs> yeah, all okay. sugar. All sugar. Up. And they said, I love you. And they were all different colors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were very healthy, conscious. Of I always tell everyone, that's why I like to live in my era. They really didn't care about health. Anyhow. So it's a big day, and candy is the three biggest Valentine's Day gifts are, and by the way, don't get me candy, that's not one I would want, but candy, over 52% plan on buying a box of chocolates for their Mm -hmm. Valentine. An average man will shell out over $190.53 compared to women who will spend an average of 96. What? Wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not fair. So women spend half of what men do? (laughs) Yes. But that's not fair. They get the Valentine's we'll have an box equal of rights and all that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Americans will purchase around 58 million pounds of chocolate, and over 2.1 billion dollars will be spent on roses. roses An estimated 198 million mm-hmm. roses were sold for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day last year. Yeah, definitely believe that. Jewelry, mm-hmm. only 21 percent will purchase some type of jewelry, but over 4.8 billion dollars will be spent on that special Valentine's Day gift. But now, if you ask me, don't give her jewelry. No, buy no. her a house. What does she really want? She buy, her buy her a home. Paul Lace, get a mortgage and buy get her a home. That's Go the best Valentine's Day yeah. she can get. Imagine and then, the if you reaction. really want to be great, put in her name. <laughs> don't, get, don't get silly. All right, now I'm getting silly, right? Okay, <laughs> just buy the house, put it in both of your names. You did um, an ad like that years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good ad. No, really, I mean, people people should do that. So, you know, what's the, the, there was, I was reading that young girls do what they did on Valentine's Day to help them dream about who they would marry was they ate unusual foods. Like what? I don't know. Between wives, mothers, and teachers, that's kind of what they did to get people to marry them. And they said that if a woman sees a robin on Valentine's Day, um, she will marry a sailor. I mean, I guess lucky her. Yeah. What happens if you? Then see they like say a, that I mean, I never heard of this, but I guess what? if you're a woman and you do this, I think I would hats off to you. But it says that 15 percent of the women send themselves flowers. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. Well, that's, you know, it's not sad. I, I, I never thought of doing it, but um, I well, think... Well, because you always had other people sending No, flowers. no, no. I would not send myself flowers, but you should. Be, a woman should be able to send herself flowers. No, I don't they think that's a bad thing. No, pretend they're from somebody thing. else, though. No, well, if they're pretending, then that's different. But if they yeah. just send themselves flowers because they think enough of themselves... No, they're, to, they're pretending, trust me. All right. Well, if they put a fake <laughs> name on you, it and they pretend, well, then well, I think they should... You know, you know what happens if you, a, a woman sees a, a yeah. vulture on uh, Valentine's Day? She's going to marry a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Jerry, don't say that. Don't. There's a lot of nice attorneys. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, a lot of people also buy their pets gifts. Matter of fact, on one of the news of shows course. this morning, they had a little show of all things yeah. for. And so uh, that's Valentine's Day. And in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about how your housing situation affects your love life. Are homeowners regarded as marriage material? More mm-hmm. so than non-committal renters? Oh. Are people more interested in potential mates if they live alone? Just how bad has your love life impacted if you live with your parents? I would say bad, yeah, pretty bad, 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 bad. Okay, what don't if, do that. But, did um, you get uh, gifts for the uh, Mastiffs, by the way, for Valentine's Day? No, no. no. can't imagine what they would do. No. Jewelry, I think. 
But on to- I know we have some questions, but on today's show, I promised you last week we had a call that called about a new home and what, you know, what happened when he bought a new home. So I thought we would go through that. Uh, new home versus used home. And then if you are buying a new home, what things you really need to look for. Uh, we're also going to, as I said, tell you what you should do if you're living with somebody and you're not. And, you know, a lot of people live together today and are not married uh, or they buy homes before they're married and what you should, uh, we, we sh- what you should know. I have some stuff on millennials, and I don't know that we'll get to it, but I have a lot of good information because if you're selling your house, you might be selling it to a millennial since they're the biggest buying pool right now. So you should know what they're looking for so you can put your house in the best best shape. Um, on this day, though, I always tell you, in 1897, the New York Times began using slogans, all the news that's fit to print. And, and that continues to be In 1933, the first singing telegram was delivered by the te- Postal Telegram Company in New York City. Your Aunt Rose is dead. She died in bed. That yeah, I heard the postal <laughs> office. They're doing bad. Um, and 1966, Valley of the Dolls by Jacqueline Suzanne sold over um, 30 million copies, and that was a great movie. And if you were born today, you're Aquarian. And uh, if your birthday is today, you share it with Robert... Um, actor Robert Wagner, who I used to have a big crush on when I was young, was he was good looking. He turns eighty eight today. Believe that. Is it, and, well, he, isn't he the one that? Yes. Was with Natalie Wood. Yeah, and, and this is fascinating. And a few days the ago, yeah. They just named him a person of interest in the death. Yeah. They always suspected the you know, yes. but they now at eighty eight are bringing the case up. And they are saying that he's a success, so I can't speak, a person of interest. 37 years after she died, he's now become a suspect at 88 years old. I wonder what new information came up after all this time. Who knows? It is a fascinating case. She was, you know, she drowned and they were I know, and I used to think she was great. She was beautiful. (laughs) She was stunningly beautiful. There was a third person on the boat, too. Who was the third person on the boat? I don't remember. Friends. I can't remember. No, it was Uh, another guy. It was a a wild week for stocks. I mean, mean, the stocks were first. I mean, it was the worst week in two years for U.S. equities with volatility seen ahead. However, thank the at the week while week for stocks ended in a gain. So, but I they say we're going to have a lot of those ups and downs. And again, it's like real estate. It's like you know, you kind of have to put your money in there and stick it out. Uh, and a lot of people are getting nervous. But I but all the all the uh, signs of our economy look pretty. Pretty good. So yeah, the economy is doing very yeah, good. This so is this was pressure over increased interest rates and, and interesting enough, inflation. you know, <clears throat> it was the opening ceremony for the Olympics last night, and uh, the context for the for the um, Olympics was it takes a village, and it was very interesting to see that North and South Korea walked down together mm-hmm. and they marched together. Mm-hmm. Under the same flag, almost as if they were unified. And it's really fascinating. I was talking to a friend, and we were saying that that all countries, despite their differences, when it comes to the Olympics, they live together in peace and harmony under the flame of the Olympic torch and what it signifies. And, um, and it's an eternal flame. And they live together, and they, you know, and... That's kind of how they, you know, they put their differences aside. And yeah, well, it was something that was negotiated recently, and and 
you know, it's pretty shocking to see that the the, the symbolism of doing that is is really incredible. What flag did they walk under, by the way? The old flag of the unified Korea, I imagine. Do you know Ace? I don't remember the flag, but it was really yeah. a moment. Oh, really? It was a moment in time. And then, so somebody asked me the question, knowing I'm in real estate, what do they do with the Olympic Village houses? Afterwards. After, Yeah. Afterwards. So I'm like, I don't really know. So they said, well, maybe they should put homeless people in there, or maybe they can build shopping centers, or they can do all this stuff. So I Googled it. I Googled Olympics, what happens to the whole Olympic sites, mm-hmm. what happens to the, the, village. the villages. Because when they do the Olympics, they build a village for the athletes to stay in. And um, it was really interesting because um, a lot of places, they just kill it. They just knock it down. But there oh, were yeah. a few instances, like in London, they took what was Olympic, the village, and they made them into flats, and they took an area that maybe was like, not so great and really mm-hmm. revised it. So in some places they've done things with it. In other places they, they'll show you if you Google it like sites of ex-Olympic like sites where they knock down the arena and it said just let it rot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it, it really is uh, very symbolic how sports and, 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 and we're also competing how it brings everyone together and how they live together and there's just a certain excitement and uh, I hope that the world can uh, be a little bit more like the Olympics. So, yes. in saying that, let me uh, take a quick question. Um, Lois from Staten Island. Good morning, yes. Lois, and happy pre Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Okay, do you, you want my question? Yes, of course. Okay, I uh, signed a contract to sell my house on October 27th. Uh, the, the, the buyers did not get the first mortgage. On the 44th day, I found out they didn't get their mortgage. They asked me to sign an extension, which I did. And uh, at the zero hour on January 5th, I got this commitment letter that they got the commitment. And now mm-hmm. we are still waiting. It's February 10th. I was told after the commitment we should close in two weeks. We're already in the middle of February, and we have no closing date in sight. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, do I have any options here? Uh, how long are we supposed to wait for a closing yeah. date? Well, <clears throat> what, what's the, uh, the commitment letter, by the way, for our listeners, is the, the letter that you know, Ace or one of the bankers would issue that is a legally binding obligation to lend. But it's always subject to a number of things. They're, they're always subject to, to different contingencies. Like, for example, they're all subject to verifying that the person is employed you know, just before the closing. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to issue, they're not going to fund the loan if the person's unemployed. So they have to clear all those conditions, and we are looking to get to a stage that's called clear to close by the bank. So there's something that's holding that up. It is taking an unusually long time. Has your lawyer inquired with the banker for the buyer as to what is the holdup? Why is underwriting not releasing They've this been loan inquiring. The last thing we heard was they were waiting for updated municipals, whatever that was. It seems that the first mortgage, they had everything in place, but yeah. they couldn't get – they were getting like a FHA funding for the closing cost. Yeah, yeah. Now they went for a – Sunny May mortgage. So they oh, okay. Yeah, Sunny May place. takes a little longer. What what town are you in? I'm in Staten Island, New York. Oh well, the municipal should not take long yeah, in Staten Island. They take a long time on the island, but uh, Long Island, but not in Staten Island. Um, that's I'm, not going to. That's not going to be a long hold up. The municipals. I'm that's a couple of days. It's not going to go off. Well, or that we're just waiting for nothing. Right? No, but here's your choices. I mean, I don't know what's in your contract. So usually they have. Uh, Usually uh, a, a time of on or about, and obviously you've given them extra time. 
Yes. So, but you're kind of in a place where if you don't go along with them, then you're going to just no. have to try to, you know, see if you have a, an out. And I don't know that you want to do that. Because you really so, want your money. Yeah. yeah. But you have to look at your contract. But I think you probably extended the time that they were allowed. So yeah. they should be able to get a mortgage. And maybe your attorney could just push them a little. Okay. Mm. Have a conversation with the banker too, right? It's fine. Or I, or he can have. We can't really just back out. We can't say we're mm. we're, we're we're done. You've come so. Well, long. I don't know. You've really come so far, and I don't know what's in your your contract. You have to read. You have to have your Definitely. attorney look at your contract, because you might be able to, depending on how that contract is written up. Okay. Let us know how it turns out, though. Sorry. Yeah. Keep I'm us good. posted. All right. Thank you very thank, much. Thank we'll be right back. 862-970-9622. We'll be right back after a commercial break. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you know, I was uh, reading, and I know this, and I think this is kind of interesting, uh, that, you know, somebody said, gee, the tech companies are buying up New York, and, uh, you know, where will the 50,000 new employees live? So Google's parent company, which is Alphabet, has reached agreement to acquire Chelsea Market, which yes. is huge, right? I mean, it's huge. I don't know. And if you've never been to Chelsea Market, you just have to go there. I mean, oh, it's, it's, an it's right across the street from from the Google headquarters. Yeah, downtown. it's a spor- a sprawling office and retail building across the street from their headquarters for more than two billion dollars. Wow. The wow. deal, which is still in contract, will be the seven hundred billion company's second large Manhattan acquisition. It'll be the second largest Manhattan acquisition. It bought 111 8th Avenue. It's more than 3 million square foot city headquarters in 2010 for $1.9 billion. Wow. That's in 2010. In addition to its space at Chelsea Market, the company leased offices at 85 10th Avenue and signed a deal to take 250,000 square feet of office space being developed at Pier 57. Thank God for Google. Right. I mean, and Amazon just leased nearly 1 million square f- feet of warehouse space on Staten Island and has signed on for 360,000 square feet of office space in Hudson Yards, mm-hmm. an expansion of its office presence on the west side. Amazon also recently narrowed the field of potential locations for its second headquarters to 20 cities, including New York. So New York is in the running. Facebook, meanwhile, is rumored to be negotiating to bulk up its offices at 7-7 Broadway in Midtown South by several hundred thousand square feet. Uh, so look at that competition, okay? Well, I mean, look at them buying up. And But let's, yeah. let me, the, the interesting part is, you know, it says the tech companies are buying New York. But New York will never be a town that's been taken over by one company. Even if all 50,000 Amazon employees materialize over 10 years, as promised, they would only increase the city's job count by 1%. Right. How's that? And you know what these tech companies are doing, as I was talking to somebody about this last week, and they were like, why are all these companies moving to New York? It's so expensive. The reality is two things. Number one, this is where the talent is. The talent is in major cities. Number two, their talent doesn't want to live 
elsewhere. The millennials, the really smart people, young people that are running these companies that are the innovators, they want to be in urban areas. That's the trend now. That's why GE relocated to Boston uh, because they, even right. though it was more expensive, they wanted to be in, a, in an urban area. They're going to be that's yes, and then and as they have families, um, the suburbs, as I keep on telling you, the outskirts will be uh, affected, and you'll start to see that that really uh, the buying yeah. houses there. And you and know, the, I don't know push, that I'll do it today. I I have a whole lot of information on on, on yeah. the millennials and the push north too. They're going further north, or they're going up as far as Newburgh, in terms of investigating areas for uh, families expansion. Yeah. Oh, by the way, since everyone knows I love Soul Cycle, I just have to tell you this is not, well, this is kind of has to do with real estate. Uh, you know, I, a matter of fact, on Facebook, when I put the Soul Cycle bus up, mm-hmm. I get more hits than anything. What's but anyhow, a condo, bus? you know, they have in the summer, it says Soul Cycle, they have okay. this bus, you know, that it just sits in the parking lot. It's kind of an advertisement. Okay. Uh, but anyhow, the condo board sues over Soul Cycle's ear-splitting music. Now, I would love there to be a Soul Cycle like next door to me, mm-hmm. okay? Because I don't really want to take a, a taxi or something to go to Soul Cycle at six in the morning. When I'm on in the Hamptons, well, that's different. I drive, but anyhow, they're apparently the only thing worse than paying thirty-four dollars to ride a stationary bike in a dark room and listen to trance music <laughs> is living above Soul Cycle. Okay, and residents of a flat iron condominium <laughs> filed a lawsuit last week against Soul Cycle, complaining about ear splitting music mm. and screams of encouragement because it's all about motivation <laughs> oh, stuff, yeah. and yeah. that eliminate the from the fitness studios, studios at all hours of the day. Yeah. And in the suit, residents uh, whose apartments sell for an average of $4.2 million said they have been subjected to unreasonably <laughs> loud music blared through large speakers uh, and shouts in, of encouragement and motivation from instructors, which yeah. are amplified by microphones of and pumped course. out by speakers. Yeah. And there's thudding of weights, which residents like the sounds. They say it's like bowling balls clanking. Well, and, you know, you uh, can't have everything, but uh, perhaps a little bit of sound so proofing. I, uh, by the way, I went to one, one study out east, <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, I cheated. I cheated on the thing. You, you know, they tell you to put the, put the bike out a certain number for resistance, and I pretended I was well, turning the dial, and I really didn't. But then Holly Rillinger caught me, you know, and she, she, she scolded <laughs> so me. So then you had a... So then I had to step it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's but hard. I, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I'm but you know what? For those who've never been there, really, I, it go, time goes so quickly, because if you love music, and I love music, they have great music, and you really can be at any level. You know, you can be at any level. You can be a beginner and maybe have an exercise for 20 years. And you can get on a bike and put it on just a, you know, very flat motivated. surface. Yeah. And so anybody really can do it. And, and the instructors uh, become like yeah. celebrities. I opened up the first. I, I, I did in um, L.A. the first uh, Soul Cycle. Uh, really? I did it for charity. We opened up when they opened up in L.A. I mean, I did it for charity. And we opened up the first Soul Cycle there. And then I was in Florida at the art show, and I guess they had a temporary soul cycle mm-hmm. uh, in um, Miami. Yeah. So anyhow, and one of the things that's really kind of just fun, and then we have a series, and then we're going to talk about new homes, and then Ace is going to talk about how to get a mortgage if you're self-employed. But you know I used to love Monopoly. I don't know that I play it anymore that much because it's too long. But this, Jerry, I am getting you for a gift. Okay. Listen to this. Let me, let me hear they put out, whoever thought of this was genius, listen, they put out Monopoly game for cheaters. Okay? <laughs> oh, I need that for my sister-in-law. Okay. Monopoly cheaters edition. And I just think this is wild. Will be released this fall. 
with new rules and gameplay elements in which fans are encouraged to actively cheat as part of the play. Oh, okay. Okay? Much to the delight of terrible people everywhere. In addition to the usual, remember the community chess and the chance cards? Yeah. There will be 15 different cheat cards, okay? (laughs) We'll ask players to carry out sabotage throughout the game. I'm not sure this sends the right message. If crafty enough to pull off, successful Mm -hmm. players will get an infusion of cash for free and free properties for cheating and getting away with it. Cheaters win. Cheaters get benefit from this. If caught, but if caught. Uh-huh. Cheating. Players yes. will be forced to fork over money and even end up handcuffed and in jail. Yeah. Literally attached to the board by a plastic or, or handcuff. Who said they're putting plastic Congress. handcuffs in there now? <laughs> oh, plastic okay. handcuffs? Yeah. So, 15 new cheat cards added to the mm-hmm. game, and cheats on the approved list include stealing from the bank. Oh, that's a that's a common one. Okay. I mean, my sister in law used to have wads right. of 500s. Listen, you can steal from the bank, skipping spaces. Moving uh-huh. an opponent's token, skimping oh. on rent like you don't give them really the money that they're supposed to get, right. adding a hotel you didn't buy to your properties, oh. you have to steal a couple, right? She does that too. You run out to the to the bathroom, you all of a sudden got hotels and everything. Right. Removing someone else's hotel from their property. That's terrible. Moving another player's token when it's your turn. Uh-huh. Okay, and collecting rent from somebody else's property. And um, I'm That's just hard. telling you, I'm going to mm. get this, the Cheetah's Edition, and they said that the reason they came up with this is that, like, almost 90% of the people that played Monopoly in their life try to cheat. Oh, I never tried to cheat. Did <laughs> well, you? Well, you were. And no, you were. I never tried to cheat. I won legitimately. Okay. Well, I just think that you all will get you this and you'll see if you uh, play with your sister. Well, then she doesn't have to cheat behind your back. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, she would be the banker and she would have, no, like, no property, no houses, but she always had all these 500s. Well, and finally, you know, after like an hour of play, and she'd land on your hotel. She'd just fork over the rent, and she'd seem see, to have well, all this money. See, well, now maybe if you get the Cheetah's Edition, you can get the yeah. steal for the bank card. I'm going to get that for her. That's a great idea. <laughs> okay, That's we're going to get that. That's a great gift. Yeah. Let me take a quick question. That's Love fun, it. and then we're going to talk about new homes, and then Ace is going to talk to you about mm-hmm. how to get a mortgage when you're self-employed, which is mm-hmm. tricky. Uh, Michael, let me take Michael from Brooklyn. Morning, Michael. Hi. Happy Valentine's. Well, pre-Valentine's Day. Hi, thank you for taking my call. So my question is, I want to sell my two-bedroom, two-bath condo in Manhattan in a doorman building. building was built in 87, and I've owned it since 88. There are very few recent comps for the line, but the apartment is really 80s, you know, popcorn ceiling, pergo floor. Mm -hmm. We only replaced the appliances after 9-11. I do have a contractor I trust to have used before, and the, what I'm really hearing is put the money into it and it'll sell Michael, much faster. Mm, do me a favor. Question. Just hold yeah. your question. They're going to yeah. take a quick break because that's a great sure. question. We'll come back to it. Okay. Just stay on the gotcha. line. We'll be right back right. after this break. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. So fun. And we're back. We're back. So um, let me do what I promised and um, let me finish with Michael and then we're going to talk about new homes and how we can get a mortgage 
uh, if you're self-employed. So Michael's question was, he has an apartment in Brooklyn, I mean in Manhattan, and you're considering you're considering to sell it and you want to know if you should renovate it and whether that's going to bring you in more money? Was that your question? Yeah, basically. I mean, it looks very, very 80s with the popcorn ceiling and the, the sort of pergo flooring, but it's a, a lovely condo doorman building. And what I'm sort of, and I have a contractor I like, and the message I'm getting from the broker and the contractor and the, the uh, some other people is basically it'll sell much, much faster if it's renovated. Well, true. I mean, look, anything that's new and renovated is uh, is going to sell quicker. There's no, but you you need to give me a number. Like how much you have to. What you really have to look at is, like how much are the renovations going to cost you? Uh, sure. I I I looking at the renovations are going to cost uh, about a hundred thousand, and the most recent comp for from a year and a half ago um, was. About renovated also was about uh, 1.2 on a higher floor, uh, and there's really nothing else. You know. So wait, I slow really down. So that, Michael, yeah. it was 1.2, yeah. and it was a higher floor. Was it the same line? Like in other words, the same, same layout same as yours? Same, exact same thing, but top floor. But you're not talking about a full renovation. You're talking about new floors, new kitchen, basically. Right? I'm talking. I'm talking about thousand. the bathrooms, kitchen, floors, mm-hmm. and ceiling. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Dottie's got an opinion on it. I'll just throw in mine. I, I would just do the floors, maybe the popcorn ceiling. I wouldn't spend a full hundred thousand. I don't think you'd. I don't know if you'd get it out, but but Dottie. Well, I don't got, know. What, well, yeah. I you know I, I well the first floor that came into my mind as well. That's a lot based on well. What do you think you? Well, I, but I have to ask questions before I can answer your that's question. Fine. Oh, no, yeah, so that's what? Do, first of all, about what did you? What do you think? Or what did the broker tell you if you renovated? What did the, the sale was what one point something million? We we think that if it's renovated the way we're talking about, we can probably get um, one point one five. And the last sale you said last year was one point one, something like uh, that. It was it was actually one point one nine three. Okay, and was that renovated? Uh, amazingly. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. My guess, okay, and this is off the top of my head, is I kind of agree with yeah. Jerry. Like, if there is no, there's a shortage of inventory. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you paid for it, uh, but, you know, so I'm sure you paid. Well, I'll tell you, two, two seventy two seventy eight in 1988. Okay. So you're going to make money, okay, no matter what right. you do. Right. To me. Uh, I don't know if you need to spend $100,000. I, I kind of agree. First of all, there's no inventory. So if you're in a good building, yes. okay, you can always, 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 always. See, if you if you had a lot of competition, I'd say, but I think that maybe you don't have to do a full $100,000 renovation. I would kind of agree with Jerry. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I would do new ceilings. Um, I would make sure it was painted. Uh, you know, it... New hardwood floor is not terribly expensive. Well, let me. Okay, I I I I love that ceiling floor. I've also been told that as part of that, I should do that. There are five closets. I should do the closet doors too, which I think is pretty simple. 
Well, I don't think the closet door is going to cost you a lot of money to change closet yeah, doors. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. but you don't of really course. need to spend a hundred thousand. I, I, I don't think that you could, especially that there's not a lot of inventory. And if, if you, if you tell me that the there's a bunch of apartments for sale in the building yeah. that you're competing with, I might tell you something different. But I don't think so. And I think that there's always going to be a buyer that. As long as it's clean and it's newly painted, you know, and have all the windows, uh, you know, washed and everything, and you you have new wood wood floors, you can make an allowance for that, you know. I I don't – and there's always somebody that wants to pay less, you know, than more, okay? Yeah, I I think that's interesting. Thank you. My gut feeling has been there have been all these new buildings that cropped up that are ultra-luxury where the two-bedroom, two-baths are seriously one5 brand new buildings or conversions. So if somebody wants to get into that neighborhood and wants to spend less, as you said, and it's perfectly livable, it's an option for them. Right. Thank you so much. Yeah. So the, keep us posted. Let us know what you end up doing. Thanks, Michael. I, w- I will. Cause, Thank cause you. Because, you know, Dottie, before we move on, the other thing that can happen is his taste in renovation might not be the next person's taste in renovation, and they might then add a cost to undo that so i would just i yeah. would just make it look yeah. no know, and there's no inventory so i i you know i think mm-hmm. that um and if you you're not you're not going to compete with new construction anyway right. so thousand is not going to get you to that point yeah you know? so the people that want to spend 1.5 and want a brand new building with the amenities that a brand new building has are going to go to that but he's in a different he can be in a completely different price range in the same area and there's a lot more people that have, don't have 1.5 million right. and say look yeah. i can buy this it's it's great and i uh, we can do the bathrooms down the road or something yes. of that nature you can so, live with an older bathroom yeah so that's what i i, I think and well, you know there's no science but no you know, I, I, I kind of think so but, lastly we we had a caller that called us about you know uh, that he Went to a, I think, bought a new home, and it didn't, it had, it didn't come with the way he expected. So I thought it was a good topic to talk about. So um, first, because when you're deciding whether you want to buy a new home, first of all, there's, in most areas, there's not as many. I mean, out of state maybe, but I, you know, you you want to see if there's a new home. You want to, or do you want a local, a more established neighborhood? Uh, you have to look at pricing when you're making a decision on homes because usually um, existing homes usually are less expensive mm-hmm. per yeah. square foot uh, because people like new. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, it's also, you know, so that's why that's when you're competing. If you're in an area and you're selling and you're in an area where there's a lot of new homes, that could be a problem if you're at the same price. Because yeah. if you're at the same price point, see, Michael wasn't. So it didn't matter. But if you're at the same price point, well, you know, a lot of people go for new. Yeah, unless it's, you know, historic and charming and has that offset. But, you know, think about a car, you know, a two-year-old car versus a brand-new car. Most people are going to go for the brand-new car. Right. You also have to look, if you're buying a new home, um, that if if it's a subdivision, if there's a homeowner's association that has mandatory fees, which most do, and other assessments as well as if there's architectural controls. When you're buying a new house, if it's in a, uh, a homeowner's association, you might have, like, you can only paint these colors, you can only build these kind of houses. You can, They might have rules, so you have to do your homework mm-hmm. uh, when you're buying a new house. Um, the resale, I mean, well, move in. The resale is sitting there waiting for your occupancy. Um, but um, you can wait for a new home. More, you know, They might tell you it's delivered at this date, and a lot of times 
I've seen people get caught where they sold their property, uh, they and they were waiting for their new apartment or their new home, and the builder was off on the timing, um, and therefore they had to put all their stuff in storage and kind of find temporary space. Well, it's funny they're never early. No, never, not never, usually. Never. Oh, it's ready. It's ready early. It's never that new. <laughs> new construction. Eighty percent of the time, it's always um, they always go past their materially their late. Materially late, exactly. which is why. I always get an outside date in my contracts on new construction, and boy, it works because you know. So you put a date that it can't be later than this. I said, listen, if you're if if it's today and they're so sure it's going to deliver at the end of 2019, then I say, all right, well then, how about this? If by the middle of 2020, if you can't deliver it, let me get out of my deal and move on with my life. And boy, it's saved a lot of my clients over the years. I always recommend So that. that's really important when you're looking at new constructions. A lot of times they can't really deliver when they say they will. So, yeah. And it can really hang you up. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not that they're doing and... it deliberately, but that's what happens. No. Um, you should also look at the neighborhood because, you know, if you're moving into a new neighborhood, um, I, I bought a new house and years ago and... Everybody was it was in like a new subdivision, and so everybody was moving in uh, at the same time. Basically, you know, they were. Were well, you one of the first ones in that? Yes. So yeah, I yeah. kind of knew them all. Mm-hmm. Of course, they've all moved out now, <laughs> but a lot of them have moved. But you know, it was something nice about moving into an area that's brand new, that because you meet everybody. Whereas mm-hmm. in older um, neighborhoods, you know, you the people have come and go, and you really have to make the effort to knock on their door and say hello and introduce yourself. Uh, so, uh, you know, a, a new neighborhood, you, you know, everyone's coming in at the same time. So, yeah. I just learned this quaint uh, tradition. That I'm supposed to go introduce myself to the neighbors. I just moved in a couple of weeks ago. You should. It's a nice yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Um, now, if it's new construction, there might be more, f- you know, f- efficient. Be, you have to look at heating costs because, you know, everything today is, is a lot more efficient than if you have old uh, oil burners and things of that na- nature. So, um the, in a new house, you just have to look because a new house is basically going to be neutral. And sometimes if you get the house before it's built, they're going to give you options. So there's a lot to look at and, and to think about. And I don't need to go through all of the stuff. I could tell you look at the landscaping because most times there's no landscaping or very little. And if you have to landscape, then that for those of you who are buying a house opposed to an apartment, that could be a very big cost, a very big number. And so, people have no idea how expensive it is. It, 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 like, oh, just throw in some shrubs, you know. Yeah. And taxes, what happens generally with taxes, real estate taxes, in a new area, they don't really know what they are. Right. Yes. Uh, so they're giving you an estimate, and they're usually much higher than the estimate. So never homes tend to spring up. So in a less developed area, so uh, the taxes – you can't be sure of exactly, but whatever they estimate them to be, I would say figure it higher. But if you if you if you if you're buying a new home, here's what you really have to watch out for. Just like in a used home, I tell you make sure you have an engineer's report. Yes. If you're buying a new home, one of the things you have to look at is if you're buying into a half finished development. There are lots of developments that are out there currently half built. It means half of them are built. Now, if somehow the builder runs out of money or something, maybe he can't finish the development. Mm-hmm. And then what happens to your property? It looks very odd, right, when only half of the subdivision is built? Well, where I, when I bought my home that I bought out east, um, it, was a de- it was a development that mm-hmm. went into foreclosure. The land all went into foreclosure. They built, like, two houses 
And then... So you're like out they, in the middle of the prairie. They foreclosed, <laughs> and all the land was in foreclosure, and um, the builders all bought the land at a foreclosure sale. Mm-hmm. So there were like these two houses, you know, that were there for 10 years, and it just sat there. And then, of course, they, you know, somebody bought them, and the land, all the builders bought land up, and that was it. So you, you want to look at a full, if, 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 if it's not fully sold, or like it's less than half sold, um, you just want to... Do some research on the builder, uh, I would suggest, on the company that's building it. Because yes. if it's never finished, it's going to be hard to sell your house. Or Have they or, ever done a project before? You know? Or sometimes it'll be finished, and then because they couldn't sell as much, they turn that building into a predominantly rental building. Yes. And now they, you own in a rental right, building. Right, so. and they always And then it's harder to finance, right? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's always their option too. That's Almost always all an these, option. And now you, I, I, I think you have to know that one of the secrets of the new home trade is they stage it and they model it. So you see a model or a prototype that is similar in floor plan to the home or apartment you're purchasing, and these model homes are always decorated, dressed to look magnificent. Mm-hmm. And the developers and designers employ all kinds of techniques to make the model homes appear bigger. Now, I was once looking at an apartment with somebody that, who wanted to get an apartment, and the salesman was like, oh, see the windows? Uh, this was in the city. Oh, they, they're really not that big, but here's what they did to make them look big. Okay, mm. and here's the trick that they did to make the bedroom look bigger. Notice the furniture is really, there's no furniture in there. It's, it's so, tiny furniture, yeah. Right. Oftentimes, so so they're sometimes staged with slightly smaller scale furniture. So really, when you look at a bedroom, look at what you really can fit in. Yes, the new bedrooms don't always fit in dressers. Exactly. <laughs> now, that's not, if it's not important to you, that's fine. But yeah. just know that when you're looking at it, okay? Yeah. Go with the flow of a model home. So are you, you, you know... If you can do it just like them, and but notice they know all the techniques. So really take a look at really how big are the windows, what is the closet space, because a lot of them mm. I see have no closets, and you want to look at that. Tiny closets. Then as our caller last week said, know what's included versus extras and upgrades. Now mm. in the city, usually you don't do have to upgrade. They usually come with same. Right. They're not really custom builders and city. Right. They're, but they're out in the suburbs, the what they do is a lot of they make a lot of money on the upgrades. So for example, you may think you're getting an incredible deal, um, but maybe the basement is not going to be finished unless right. you pay for the upgrade. Or the tiles, they'll give you an allowance to pick out tiles for your bathroom. But the model house that you saw, the tiles are a lot higher than the allowance they're gonna yes. give you. Uh you know then maybe they have a fireplace, but that's an upgrade. Right. So you have to ask when you're buying a new home, what's included in the yeah. price? And what's, how do I have that's to That's actually upgrade? really good advice, Dottie. I bought a um, spec home before, mm-hmm. and um, the model home that they showed me was nothing like what, what I got on the contract. So it can be a little you, deceiving. Yeah, I you think, really yeah. have to check in regards to you know what type of wood you're getting, what type And of what's kitchen. an upgrade? Well, that's exactly. what our caller said last yeah. week when he said that, you know, there, you know, he had a gravel, draw, gravel. He, there was no cement. Yeah. So you have to ask. Um, what, what, what of this is a standard and what's an upgrade? And then, add, then if you do the upgrades, add them to the cost and see what the real total cost is. Yes. And I know we're going to have to take a break now because it's the news. And get a, a completion clause. And that's what Jerry was talking about. I don't think I'm going to have time to finish. I'll finish up right after the news and then Ace is going to talk about... 
how to get a mortgage when you're self-employed, which is really tough. Uh, and we'll finish up the new home. 866-970-9622. You're listening to Iron Real Estate with Jerry Dotty Ace. And Ace will be back right after news. Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.